0: it says record. Okay, gentlemen. Hi, my name is Mike Haltman. I am going to be your host today. For those who uh, typically come to uh, listen to Do You Ever Wonder, you'll notice that there's no intro music, but that's because today we have two worlds that are kind of colliding. The world of uh, Long Island Elite, which is uh, a Meet the Member uh, segment, and also Do You Ever Wonder. And today, there's also a, a, little, a little change up in that we have two guests and two, uh, two uh, from Long Island Elite, two very elite guests. We have Evan Bloom and uh, Bert Lurch. And welcome, gentlemen. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Of course. Of course. So, you know, we're going to touch on a few things today. But the first thing is, you know, both of you are entrepreneurs. Uh, Evan, you're in Sir Speedy and Bert, you uh, essential medical. Uh, Tell me, first Bert, tell me a little bit about your business.
1: Uh, So I have a, it's a revenue cycle management company or also known as a medical billing company. Um, Our entire goal is to make sure medical providers uh, are reimbursed correctly from the insurance companies for the services that they provide. Uh, We (laughs) do that by making sure they are compliant uh, there's what's called coding services make sure codes go over to them correct to the insurance companies correctly and we consult with them uh, so that you know that's a very simple um breakdown of what we do uh and we have been in business now about 21 years wow. uh, so it's it's been a long road and we actually spun off another company that works directly with providers who are out of network uh so we've it's 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 been a it's a very uh, you have to have a certain amount of expertise to get the money from these insurance companies,
0: uh, obviously. And as someone who uses the insurance companies for whatever ailments I have, I 100 I percent concur. It's no uh, it's no walk in the park. Not at all. So now what just uh, what drew you to this business? I originally was in
1: college in my undergrad years. I was working at Long Island Jewish Hospital prior to the old Northwell uh, combination there. And I was just moving up and trying to figure out where, what am I going to do? Took a billing class, me and my business partner. And we didn't, didn't want to go into management at that time. What's, what could we really do? So we had the entrepreneurial spirit. We would do uh, bus trips, things like that. Uh, and we said, you know what? Let's start our own business. We're young enough, no kids, no mortgages. Let's try it. And, and that's how it started. So based
0: off the hospital system. You know what? You uh, That's phenomenal. Excuse me. A phenomenal story of getting involved in something that you knew about. And that's, uh, you know, obviously you you took your expertise and you, you drove it to a, a very high level. So congratulations on that. That's phenomenal. Thank you. And, and Evan you are uh from what i understand from my in-depth research of you besides being a suny albany grad which i give you big kudos for uh as a fellow great dane uh, you are uh, involved with the top one of the top 10 sir speedy franchises in the country yeah uh last year uh yeah, it's, i own a family business
2: with my father and my brother uh we started in 1992 uh, so march of this year just uh two months ago was our 30th year in business uh we own the sir speedy center in westbury hop hog and melville and we're a printing signage and marketing services company um yeah and, and it's been a it's been a great great 30
0: years that's great yeah and i i give you credit because i personally could actually i, I take that back i my wife is my partner in my business but Working with family can definitely be a challenge sometimes. So uh, I give you guys credit for, for coexisting and not killing each other. Yeah, it's uh, it, it can have
2: its challenges, but it's you know it can be just as rewarding. You know, and I'll tell you one of the the best pieces of advice that we got. And my father instilled when we all started this business because it's not like we grew up in this business. You know, I he, he literally started two years before I came into the business, and then my brother two years later. So it was all you know. This was you know the second career for him, first careers for me and my brother. But it's not. But we didn't grow up in, in a business right. where that was just the natural progression. Um, but you know, we were told very early on, you know, you have to have your roles. Define your roles, which every business should, needs to do anyway, but particularly in a family business, you know, you need to know what you're responsible for and what you're doing, and almost more importantly, your employees have to know who they're reporting to, so they right. can uh, feel like, well, I have now three bosses, you know, in our situation. Who am
0: I really reporting to, and who am I
2: taking uh, right. instructions so, from?
0: So you guys all stay in your lanes. And pretty much respect each other's roles, which is great. Absolutely, I
2: I manage all the sales and marketing, our salespeople for the company, and I've done that really for most of our uh, thirty years. I didn't start out doing that initially. It was my brother. Then we realized um, our roles were better suited switching, so he runs all the operations now, and I handle, like I said, the, the sales and the marketing.
0: Terrific! That, you know what? That's great. So two great stories, both of you guys. Have great stories that have led you to where you are today. I'm going to throw a, a cliche at you both. Uh, to what do you attribute the success that you've had? What uh, what personal attributes? What do you what do you bring to the table that really drove you to the success that you have? Well,
2: I'll take it first. I mean, for us, I mean, it's in our business. It, it, a lot of it's been about family and you know the fact that we've been able to work together and grow something together um, i think that that's been a big part of it and and i'll and i will throw some kudos to our franchise or you know we are a franchise business and that a lot of the things that they do um, they're actually a, a family business as well you know they're actually the the ceo of our franchise is second generation as well um, and they actually have a third generation coming into the business wow, so a lot of that you know funnels down and you have that you know that real family feel you know that runs throughout our company
0: in a lot of ways that's great yeah. so now, Bert, you didn't really have a uh, roadmap to to get to where you are and you were delving into uh, complexities of a business that that takes a lot of uh, working w- in. I mean, there's a lot of uh, little pieces that have to fall together. So, you know, what what drove you to what what led to your success? Uh, I
1: think against the odds, right? So, when I was working in the hospital system, uh, one of the, one of the jobs that I had that kind of set me in line for where I'm at now was to work in a clinic, and but it was like an OBGYN clinic, and to work at the front desk. And to have an 18-year-old guy there, six foot you know tall, to be at the front desk, the 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 um uh manager at the time was like, you you don't really want this job. And and I was like, Well yeah, I really do want it. Like, why shouldn't I not get this job? So that kind of pushed me, right? And then I what that did was it allowed me to learn about uh the business side of healthcare. Uh my boss at that time was able to learn from him. So then when it was time to Go out on my own, uh, the, the concern was, are you going to be able to do it? Uh, hey, why leave the hospital system? And again, it was like, why not? Um, I see all the positive in entrepreneurship in running your business. So it was like the odds were against us. No, no one would uh give us the in, inside information. And like you said, we you know had no roadmap, um, no family members that were in business. So it was really tough in those early years, but that. Wall. I needed to climb it, and I think that pushed me to continue going. So you know, against all odds, if you will, and just the uh, just having wanting to just persevere.
0: You know what I was I was about to say is I was about to say so. The overriding term that you would use is perseverance, Mm -hmm. and that's that's correct, and that's great. And both of you, you know, you both got into businesses that you didn't necessarily have a ton of expertise in, and through different. Through different uh, avenues, you both have become great successes. So, you know, kudos to both of you. It's, uh, it's great to see. So now that brings us to Long Island Elite, which is an organization on uh, obviously on Long Island. It's involved in uh, philanthropy. It's involved in business development. And it's uh, very social in terms of people have made contacts uh, such as you guys, that last will hopefully last a lifetime. So, you know, what what drew you to Long Island Elite and what keeps you there? Well, I'll go first again. So, um, you
2: know, I am an original founding member of the organization. So we are we're actually getting celebrating our 20th anniversary right now. Um, and yeah, it's it's been a crazy long 20 years, but it's been a great 20 years as well. Um, and I was there from that first interest meeting to um, I sit on their board of directors now, uh, I'm a past president, um, and now, you know, and, and probably the best thing that I've done in the 20 years is really kind of what's bringing us together today is you know, I co-chair um, the diversity equity inclusion committee uh, with Bert and uh, two other of our members. So um, it's been, for me, it's been a, a long run, um, and I've done a lot of
1: different things within the organization, but it's been, it's been really good. And Bert. I was invited by Evan Bloom. So he's obviously doing a really good job uh, um, years ago. And I think one of the main reasons that I joined is because when at that first meeting, about 25 minutes, there was the thank yous and for like, 25 minutes, people were thanking each other for connections and business. And I was like, this is an amazing, obviously an amazing group because these people are helping each other. Uh, So that was something that attracted me uh, to the organization and to be a part of it. And over the years, I've met so many people that I've been able to uh, count on for certain things, uh, get information uh, and also connect me to business. So LIE has been really, a really good group for me and also what the organization does for the community. And with the um, committee that we co-chair, uh, we're just continuing to do more and more things uh, relating to diversity for uh,
0: the community. That's great. And now we're going to, um, and again, so Long Island Lead, I'm a relative uh, new member, but you know, I do see, uh, you know, unfortunately I got involved right before COVID hit, but you know, the value is is obvious to anyone who really takes a look in all of the different aspects that you guys have mentioned. So the one aspect that uh, both of you talked about is your co-chairing of the diversity, equity and inclusion committee. And, you know, using this platform, in a double way, which is meet the members, and for my podcast, do you ever wonder? A lot of people do wonder about diversity, equity, inclusion. You know what it means, what place it has in society, what place it has in business. You know what it what it it does in an environment where maybe all three of those words uh, have not always been. Fully used for for business for for groups. So, what led you both? And this time, we're going to start with Bert because Evan, you keep stealing the first slot. Uh, what Bert? What what drove you guys to to form this committee? To be obviously solid co-chairs. I sit in on most of the meetings, and you know they're they're great. They're 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 truly inspirational. So what what. What was the impetus?
1: So this started because uh, when the nation was going through the George Floyd murder um, and there was a lot going on. Uh, There was a lot going on with people of color. There was a lot going on um, with the whole country. And, you know, I connected with my closest friends within the group. Uh, and Evan being one of them, and I have had some conversations. You know, I wanted to be very honest and open about what is transpiring, and what can be done about it. Done about it. And being that the LIE is, you know, part of what we do is shape the future leaders of Long Island, it was important that we discuss this was important that we do something about it to make sure we do our part as an organization to educate our members uh, and potentially the community on diversity. Uh, because it is extremely important to be aware of diversity, equity, inclusion, and we're still learning so much about that. And it's, and when we talk about diversity, it's not just black and white, it is um, religion, um, disabilities, women. We we go through the whole gamut of it. But, you know, that, you know, time frame, we know what started it. But my point is that um, this is something that we try to make sure we communicate, open up people's minds. And we've had private conversations with many people who have been a part of our com- uh, committee meetings that said, you know what, prior to these meetings, I may have been closed-minded on a lot of things, and that's really, I think, one of the biggest pieces of this is that we have to open up our minds, especially here in Long Island. The island is 48%, somewhere around that minority, so how is that going to work in the next 20 years when the numbers shift a bit? Who are the business owners? Who are the entrepreneurs? How are they going to do business with each other? We know there's statistics on uh, organizations that have a diverse um, group of people, how they make more money. We know how much money there are in minority population. How does that intertwine? We can't just have these lines and say, we're only going to work with these people. I'm only, only going to hire these people, whatever these people are. We have to be a little bit more open. So that's how it started. And that's been a driving force. And it's been something that I personally have been talking about quietly for many years. It's just maybe the opportunity came now for people to really want to listen more uh, because of the situation that happened. Uh,
0: I think you're 100 percent right from sitting in on these meetings that that people definitely do open their minds and open open the uh, the uh, lines of communication, which you know, lack of communication I think is one of the uh, is a stumbling block in a lot of things that we do. So, Evan, what uh, what brought you to want to lead this committee with Bert? Well,
2: there's really not much more I can add uh, to what Bert said. He really summed it up great. Um, you know, but like but like Bert said, is you know we, we would have some of these conversations because we were personal friends first before this. And when he called uh, me up that one day, you know, and I remember it distinctly, you know, he called me up, I was sitting in my car and I, and I pulled over and I was sitting in a, in, a, in a parking lot, you know, we were having this conversation and, and he's like, we have to do something, you know, we're the LIE, we don't sit by and just not do something and, and, and have these conversations. And so we started talking about it and saying, all right, we need to, you know, me being on the board, you know. I need to go to the board and I need to say, you know, this needs to be a committee that we have to have so we could start having these conversations. And, um, from day one, one of the, I'm not sure mantra is really the right word for it, but we use the term a lot in saying you know, we want to have the difficult conversations and we want to get, um, you know, we want to get people comfortable having uncomfortable conversations. And when you, like you just said, it's about communication. Um, it's about talking things through and understanding um, someone else's perspective. Um, and when you take the time to
0: do that, it just opens up your world in a lot of different ways. So let me ask you this: because um, you know, one of the things, whether you're in a business or whether you're in a group or whether you're in philanthropy, buy-in is uh, is a huge thing. How have you guys found the overall buy-in of the group to the concept of pursuing this, this, this Avenue. You want
1: me to go? Sure. Um, I think that overall the leadership there is buy-in they've allowed us to put on all the events that we um, wanted to do and have supported us. I think the membership there's definitely buy-in because we've had a, um, Various different people pass through our roundtable discussions. Uh, I think that, but we also know, and we talk about it. It it takes time to change the minds. It's not going to happen. I come to one or two meetings, and I, I, you know, talk, have a conversation I may have never had before. It opens them up, but then you still have to kind of continue that, and and that's going to take time. Uh, this this. This committee, we me and Evan specifically spoke about it and the other uh, co-chairs about' where it's, it's moving it very moving the dial slowly. It will move and it is moving. And many of us, and many of the members may not even notice it. Um, going through the interviewing process, um, some people may be making some changes on their interviewing styles now because of so many things that we spoke about. Uh, So I think that uh, we are heading in the right direction. I think there is buy-in. I just know that sometimes people believe that things have to happen immediately, and it's just not that type of thing. It took many years to get to this kind of point to make the changes that we're looking to make. It's going to take some time to get to a much better place, but I think we're heading
0: well, it's important, you know. The, we live in a in an atmosphere now of immediate gratification. So, being willing to take the time is certainly an important thing, and it's important for people to realize. But moving forward, you know, what what challenges do you you guys see? I mean, there, there are always challenges. What uh, what challenges do you see? And and obviously, you know, how how do we overcome them? Well,
2: I'll tell you one challenge that we're Well actually to piggyback on what Bert just said is that immediate gratification. You know, we talked about this when we created the committee, and we continue to talk about that. This is something that takes a lot that you know for decades, you know, look how long it's taken us to get to this point. And you know, and people are coming to our meetings and they're seeing, oh wow, this is great. This is a great conversation. It's so obvious. Like, why aren't we doing this? Why didn't I think about this before? And they're expecting all suddenly like the world to change overnight. And, and that's just not going to be the case. So our philosophy is, you know, we're going to take this very slow methodical marathon type of approach. You know, we need to keep having our meetings You know, every month, uh, almost without fail. We have our committee meeting where we're having discussions we're having very methodically on a basically almost quarterly basis, uh, a lunch round table. We've done some other speaking engagements and it's just that consistent um, putting that consistent message out there and just keep having the conversations. And like Bert said, you know, things will change and things are already changing and people don't even even, a lot of people don't even realize it. Um, but that's because you just have to take that methodical, slow approach. And I, and I do think it works. So what do you need from the members? in my opinion, I just want them to come to a meeting because I can't tell you how many times people have come up to me after a meeting and said, wow, that was great. That conversation was nothing like I expected it to be. And it was interesting. And, And one of the best parts of our committee is there's not a lot of work to it. You show up and you have a conversation for the most part. Yeah. On occasion, we might bring a speaker in or do something or or the next meeting, we're taking a road trip to our charity partner um, for the 2022 year and just to get off site from our typical place. But, you know, it, it's just opening yourself up to a conversation and, and you could come and go as you want, as your schedule permits, And but, but we're getting really good feedback from saying, wow, that was not what I expected a conversation to be.
0: Well, I think ultimately, like uh, every member of LIE should try and invite Guests to meetings the same way that people who are part of the committee and even people who come as guests of the committee should try and think of of the diversity and inclusion piece as well when looking to invite people to to come and visit with us. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. I, I also think that the
1: members if they could be more mindful of opportunities for the committee, you know, you may not have to be in the committee, but you may see an opportunity that the committee can um, have a presence or do some work with. Uh, we would love to hear from the members about that and just, hey, they have this event going on. Maybe we should go there um, because uh, it looks like a potential fit for us. Uh, so th- those type of things are, you know, very helpful for what we're trying to do. And, um, you know, and just again, just like Evan said, continue to come to the meetings, um, be willing to be have uncomfortable conversations. Um, they they get uncomfortable, but they're not bad. They, they are digging into areas that people don't normally dig into, which is, you know, part of the problem. Uh, and that's why we try to do that. And we make it a very safe space and we have no issue with that uh and that's what we're doing that's what we do in our committee
0: well you do a great job and you know most people don't like to feel uncomfortable most people don't like conflict so you know that's certainly an issue for people but by the same token it is certainly an important thing for people to to come in and check it out i know that when i did i was happy that i did and i don't know if it's the repetitiveness of you got to stay in front of people, you know I don't know how you, you get people to get over the hump and participate, but you know a lot of people just need constant reminding. And I know that the Diversity and Inclusion Committee at Long Island Elite was honored in 2021 by Long Island Business News. And uh, I know that this year, one of the committee members, Amy Keegan, was honored at the uh, the diversity and inclusion breakfast hosted by Long Island Business News and Rich Tavares was the Esperanza host. Vieira also. Oh, Esperanza, a, I'm sorry, this yes. This is part of our committee, yeah. Absolutely, so uh, I apologize Esperanza if you watch this to the end, but um, yeah. no question. So, you know, obviously the committee is making an impact and will continue to make an impact and You know, I think it behooves the members of LIE to participate and help the committee, which in turn will help the group in total. So, you know, you guys are great. Uh, I can say that it wasn't easy getting this together. Uh, Your schedules are certainly tough. Uh, I'm actually I have a, am a little sick today. I, I have a hacking cough, which which maintained itself. But I wasn't going to reschedule because I know that uh, that, that could have been a, a real problem. And the last thing is for anyone who may have heard barking during this, that's my dog Spencer, who uh, I had to bring to work because he needs an operation. But uh, he, he's a great dog. But in any event, thank you guys for your time. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for your business expertise. And, you know, I guess thanks just for being you guys. Thank you for Thank thinking you. of us for uh, for today. This was great. Absolutely. And, and uh, be well. Have, have a happy Mother's Day.
1: Oh, wait. And happy Cinco de Mayo, right?
0: we wanted on yes. a diversity. Yes. <laughs> Cinco de Mayo. Absolutely. We yeah. right. margaritas today, fellas. <laughs> all right. All right. Thank it you. was great. Thank you.
2: Take uh, care. We'll talk to you all soon. Bye. All right.